Welcome to the Force Dyad Podcast, a Star Wars-centric podcast which aims to connect us fans to our fandom. Each episode, we discuss recent shows, movies, and what's new in books, comics, and gaming. We share our favorite theories and touch on our collectible hobbies, all in an effort to connect the galaxy far, far away to our own. And welcome to episode six of the Force Dyad podcast. I am Jedi John, and with me this week again, as always, is Obi Sean. Hello there. How are we doing? Oh, we're doing great this week. Man, it's good to be back. Yes, it's been a couple weeks it since has... we last recorded. Since yeah. we had our late night uh, post bowling. Uh... Yeah, the honeymoon was it was quick on that. God, that um, was late. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it was uh, it's fun night. Fun mm-hmm. night. Um, yeah, bowling didn't go so hot this week, but you know, that's the ups and downs. But yeah, we won't go into it because it, it didn't go well. It went so. well for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but yeah, just to get started tonight, we're just going to plug the socials real fast before we get started. That way um, we get those out of the way and you guys know where to find us because we are super active on the Twitter sphere. And Instagram. We're, we're, I'm, we're trying to, to get the Instagram going. I've started doing the tidbits on Twitter and and Instagram. So on Twitter, you can find us at Force Diet Pod. Uh, and then Facebook and Instagram are both at Force Diet Podcast. Um, so I've been trying to do daily kind of little trivia. Um, or, well, I've been calling them tidbits because you only have 280 characters. So you can't say trivia tidbit because those are really critical. Eight, you know, with the space, trivia space. You have to utilize every single. <laughs> it's very important. It's very important stuff on the Twitterverse. And the ampersand is used heavily instead of and. So. Um, saves characters it does all day it's important so you know follow us follow us on um if nothing else twitter and and uh and instagram and uh kind of get those little trivia tidbits uh like i said try and do them daily yeah and you can always find us on our on our facebook page also mm-hmm. uh we post there pretty regularly mm-hmm. um but yeah definitely more active with the fans on twitter um but yeah so i guess let's recap the week yeah we've just had well, yeah, I mean, we've been off two weeks now. I was out of town last week uh, on vacation, uh, which was nice. I mean, it was nice. I mean, you were in Florida. We went to Florida. I mean... We went to Florida. Um, went to Destin, which is apparently that and Gulf Shores are the only two places that people from St. Louis take their family as far as the beach is concerned. Just about. Um, so well, we loaded the kid up, um, turned him rear-facing two days before he left, which is always a good decision. Uh, to try a new seating arrangement with a toddler before you go on a uh, 12 to 14 hour road trip. So the trip went well. It went well. I mean, honestly, it did go well. He was very well behaved. Um, We only got motion sick once. Um, Unfortunately, you can give two-year-olds Dramamine, so... um, Hey, get him right through (laughs) So we medicated him through through the rest of it, Um, but, you know, he was well behaved, uh, my son that is, and uh, I I was well behaved too, but um, it is important. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, he enjoyed the beach, uh, loved the water. Um, if you'd have let him run, he would have run straight in and probably face planted, and we would have had to come home early. But fortunately, um, why didn't you let him just do that? Well, I'm not sure. Uh, I I mean, I, I yeah, I okay. I was trying to be a responsible parent, <clears throat> and and tried not to get too stressed out as far as the babysitting goes, because um, that is what traveling with a toddler is. You kind of talked about it briefly a couple episodes ago. Um, when you have a small infant or in my case, a a young toddler, vacations aren't really vacations. They're more trips and you're basically doing what you do at home, just in a different location with a lot less childproofing (laughs) and many more dangers because not every single electrical outlet has those little plastic coverings on it. And some of those places were built before the code was. That is true. That is true. Lots of stairs, lots of stairs. Um, you know, so, but overall, it was really good. Weather was great. It was actually colder, colder, cooler in Florida with lower humidity than it was here in St. Louis. So I All was right. quite well, happy about thanks that. Thanks for bragging. Really appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, it was only 100 degrees here right. with high humidity because it didn't rain for weeks. Until the day we got home, which yeah. was great. And then I got to clean my gutters. Nice storm. After a nine-hour drive from Alabama. So, um, but then the next day was Father's Day. So how was your Father's Day? Yeah, first Father's Day. It was pretty good. You know, um, 
as most First Father's Days are for people, uh, it turns into Grandfather's Day um, really quick, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we had a great time visiting the in-laws and visiting my dad um, as well, and it was cool because this year we also got to go see my grandpa again. So as a great-granddad, um, it was cool just to see him because uh, we haven't seen him since last Father's Day when we told him he would be a great grandfather so four generations that's really cool yeah so it was really cool that we um could go see him and uh just spend a couple hours again because we haven't been able to um with covid so uh really cool weekend and while it was on the go a lot i still got to close down father's day with uh, a nice beer and a cigar in the in the driveway just hanging out so by yourself no 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 the wife was out there also with me just um she sat across from me a little ways because she doesn't really like smoke Mm -hmm. So she sat away from me, but we just sat out there and talked, and it was just kind of nice. Excellent. Yeah, it was good. How about you, Father's Day? It was good. Um, <clears throat> got to sleep in a little bit, uh, which was nice, uh, and um, uh, went over, saw my dad, hung out, watched uh, watched the final round of the U.S. Open, because we were supposed to go golfing. That was the original plan, but um, again, it was almost 100 degrees, so side against it smart play uh, it was good and then uh came home had a relaxing uh, evening with uh the wife and the boy and um yeah it was just after a long week of vacation it was actually kind of a nice chill day so that's good very very nice i was i was very lucky yeah that sounds good um awesome well well from now like we're just gonna jump right into episode seven mm-hmm. um Battle scars from the Clone War, the Bad Batch. Well, the, well, the, the clones, clones the clones, and the Bad Batch. Um, uh, and yeah, if, uh, I guess you want. Do you want to start recapping that one? Yeah, I mean it's it's um, it's a pretty straightforward episode, I suppose. Yeah. Um, we learn who our our hooded hologram person is pretty pretty early on. Yeah, we weren't we weren't right. We weren't. I mean, well, we men- we mentioned him. We did mention him, and we could have gone the easy route. And I believe I said that that's the easy route to go <laughs> is just that it's Rex. But everyone's like, no, it's got to be someone more more high up in the rebellion or whatever. It was funny, which would have been cool. It would have been cool, but alas, it's Rex, um, and uh, he quickly learns that um, the. Bad Batch still have their inhibitor chips in. He was unhappy about that. He had some PTSD, and mm-hmm. I can't blame him. And, I mean, the episode is Battle Scars, and, you know, he's seen a lot of stuff, especially as it relates to that. So, um, Yeah, I mean, the last time we saw him was... Getting triggered I mean, himself. Getting triggered himself, and then getting the chip out, and then watching his brothers fall to it. Mm-hmm. So... So yeah, so then, uh, so basically, they they go on the the quest to um, remove the chip because you know, as we've been saying for the last three or four weeks since Record knocked his head, something's gonna go awry. Uh, so we actually go to Braca, which is cool. Um, during which we kind of hinted at in our very first episode uh, trailer breakdown. Um, said that the the graveyard kind of looked like Brock. I actually said I didn't think it was Brocka because it didn't look like it from Jedi Fallen Order, but we get to go to Brocka and uh, find ourselves on an old Venator ship and get ready to take Wrecker's inhibitor chip out, and he snaps. Yeah, do you remember what triggered it? Uh, he was going to get a shot. Yeah, but Rex said the magic word. I can't believe you guys didn't get triggered on Order 66. Oh. And that's when Wrecker really snapped. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he triggered him um, because the inhibitor chip in Wrecker was technically live now. Mm-hmm. So um, giving that order, oh, these guys are traitors. Time to kill. It still is interesting that Rex said that, but no, n- none of the other guys... Have even mentioned it since? Well, their their chips didn't trigger, so it clearly was him getting knocked upside the head. Yep. That kind of like sh- you know shook it into in, into place, I guess, or or you know flipped the switch on, just ready, just ready to get that that order said. So. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, but then the next like five minutes, really intense. Was I mean it was great. Yeah. Like from a from a visual standpoint. Um, yeah, record goes goes all you guys are all traitors and i'm gonna well i mean he was trying to kill people Mm -hmm. so 
Um, and then we get to a point where he's about to get Omega. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she's cowering in the corner just saying, you are my friend. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do this. Um, and it was, it was, I mean, it was kind of just intense, ten, intense moment. Well, because then, you don't know. I mean, we've kind of seen everything we saw from the trailers up to this point. And yeah. so you don't really know at this point anymore how people are going to, how, you know, what the arcs, how the arcs are yeah. going to progress. And I mean, at the one point, Omega had the gun in her hand and she had her finger on the trigger. Mm-hmm. So like, it was just an intense moment. Rex uh, stuns Wrecker. They get him in the med bay. They take it out. Wrecker is obviously distraught because he knows what happened mm-hmm. uh, and can recall the memory and even tells Omega, like, I was trying to fight it. But even after all that, Omega still sat there with him. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool just to see them um, that bond is make up and bond. And yeah, it's awesome. Well, and she gives him the um, the Mantel mix, which is like the uh, this like popcorny looking. Yeah, is it nuts or what is it? I don't it, even know. It's what like it is. a sna- it looks like a snack mix. But yeah, they talk about it in, earlier in the episode and running up a huge debt because apparently they've been charging it to Sid's account. Uh, but but, you know, they get to the end and technically they, they've completed the mission and. You know, she's like, can't break tradition. And, and so you just, again, get that reinforcement of their friendship that despite everything, she knows it wasn't his fault. Um, yeah. And, and she, she forgives him pretty much on the spot. So, Yep. And, uh, I mean, as always, during the episode, you had D. Bradley Baker playing the Bad Batch and Rex <laughs> this time. Uh, Michelle Ang was Omega. Um, they did have some extra voice actors this time just because they had Bolo um liam o'brien i believe he i'm not even actually sure who bolo was in the episode sorry real perlman perlman was back as sid and then simon regal was catch uh the, one of the vendors mm. um what would you rate it so i really enjoyed this episode we knew i knew it was coming as far as not necessarily what the exact scenario was but we knew record was going to flip mm-hmm. so i mean i liked it i thought it was like that's a solid nine for me I mean, good action, good suspense. Um, there was still danger there because, you know, like you said, we don't know. Like, we've seen all the Omega footage from the trailer already. So what if what if he ended her there? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Or Wrecker. Like, what if Wrecker got shot by either one of his brothers or um, Omega to stop him? Mm-hmm. So pretty crazy. So you give it a nine. Yeah, I, I would probably give it a similar, maybe like, because I, I know we're going to go off IMDb ratings, and sometimes those are generally lower. I, I would give it a 9. I mean, it was just a fun episode. Um, but I'm going to guess IMDb could probably give it a little bit lower, probably like an 8.7 or something like that. Yeah, IMDb has it an 8.6, uh, which still lands it really high as far as the episodes go. It's one of the highest ones, um, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's the second. It was the highest rated um uh, episode since, since aftermath since aftermath so which was a 9.0 just to remind everybody but yeah um so really i mean i thought it was a really good episode mm-hmm. and things we kind of knew was happening and then also you throw in the fan favorite rex i think that bumps the score just because everybody loves seeing rex um because we want to know more about him because this is the time period where he's he's like we don't have any storyline for him right, right now so it's kind of cool um all right um we'll roll into um Episode eight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, reunion. That was reunion. Boy, not a whole lot to say about this episode either. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Again, mm-hmm. uh, we find our, we catch up to our guys on um, Braca, mm-hmm. and uh, they we find out that Rex left without them, so they are alone, uh, and they are pretty much taking the um, time the time to say, Hey, we can, we need to make more money. Mm-hmm. So we're going to raid this weapons, weapons cache because they have stuff that we can sell tons of weapons yeah. still on that crash ship. So, um, so while they're doing that, uh, we skip over to Camino real quick and, uh, we realize that, um, there's been a report from the scavengers on Braca that, Hey, um, it's, it's a bad batch. And so we see crosshair walk in with rampart talking to, uh, Lama Say. No. Yep, Lama Say. Yeah, Lama Say. Mm-hmm. Not Nalasu. Not Nalasu. <laughs> it was Lama Say. Um, and uh, again, it's reiterated that, like, hey, Clone Force 99 is a really important asset to us. We would love if they came back alive. And Rampart's like, I don't need a rebellious mm-hmm. um, clone faction out there, so destroy them. 
And uh, Crosshair is like, yep, no yeah, problem. Sure, no problem. That's my, that's my job. Cool. And so uh, uh, he gets to the planet, and the Bad Batch quickly realize that they are um, just in trouble. Yeah, they've been, the, they've been made. They've been made, yeah. Basically. Um, and it's uh, it's in, intense fight, and it's fun because Crosshair knows their tactics. Mm-hmm. While they would fool anybody else, Crosshair knows their tactics. Crosshair knows they're going to be listening to our comms. So let's tell them we're going here, but really head here. Mm-hmm. Like just cool little things. Uh, they find themselves in an ion um, engine, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool. You get that, uh, that quote from record just kills me because <laughs> Omega's like, I've never been in one of these before. It'd be weirder. It'd be weirder if you were, if you had been. I mean, just crazy. Uh, of course it'd be weird if you had been in an ion um, engine. Like why would anybody do that unless you're working on them? Mm-hmm. Um, and a kid, a, young clone from Camino, never been on well, that. Well, and then Tech also has the uh, the the quip where Omega asks, what was the war like? And oh, he just does the, the most... Pure definition of war. The most deadpan, nerdy answer to it. It was the primary objective that was... I mean, it's like, yeah, but what was it like? I just told you. I just, yeah, I just explained it. Did you not listen to me? Jesus. <laughs> um, really cool, though. Um, and, and funny. Like, it, it was mm-hmm. good to see the, the humor from the, from the Bad Batch and um, Omega interact with them because she's just genuinely curious mm-hmm. about stuff um so it's cool and then uh but yeah they find themselves pinned down again because crosshair again knew where they would try to go and uh pin them down and um crosshair made the move to hey why don't you fire up the engine and uh yeah uh from there the bad batch escape by using some bombs mm-hmm. they knock off their the i guess the the part of the engine that funnels the everything through, so it's, it's like dro- the shroud. Yeah, basically the whole shroud drops off with them in it, and then exposes just basically the pure engine. Yeah, like uh, the the exhaust port, basically. Yeah, um, so they fall to the ground, and the um, engine lights up, and well, crosshairs just sitting there. <laughs> scorches. So it scorches crosshair, and uh, that I think that's really the moment where we we find out that like crosshair has no problem taking the shots mm-hmm. uh but hunter still will not um because no one they didn't have their guns drawn or anything they weren't going to shoot at crosshair but crosshair was uh, taking taking some shots mm-hmm. or trying to c- complete the mission um so uh and then you get to um they're trying to get back to the they're ship. trying to get back to the ship because that's what that's their escape plan now mm-hmm. get back to the ship and they they're they're separated. Hunter is separated with Omega mm-hmm. um, from the rest of the Bad Batch, so they make it back up to the sh- where the ship is first, and then all the all the uh, storm. Well, I guess they're storm clones. All the clone troops are are down in the area, and Hunter's Dead. like, it's um, this wasn't uh, this wasn't yeah, we didn't anything do this. else, and this wasn't scavengers. Right. So who was it? And then we get the the big reveal. The big reveal, and when the, camera pans up as he ta- starts talking Fantastic. and as soon as you hear the voice you knew who it was well as soon as you saw the boots you knew who mm-hmm. it was and but you hear his voice start going and yep god it's good cad it's so bane good. it's so good cad bane shows up and man it is an intense stare down uh, moment that and, scene was so good and i mean hunter's no slouch with a pistol mm-hmm. so i mean and he got beat uh and it was i mean he took it right to the chest. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then Omega instinctively just goes to him instead of, Hey, you could pull your weapon right now because you're the bounty. He right. just, he just told you he wants to take you. And, uh, it's just cool. And I, and it's interesting because we'll get to that in theories, but like, we don't know exactly who he's working for. And mm-hmm. he's like, it's confidential, even though we got a scene earlier in the show saying that, uh, uh, Kim and Owens have the bounty out. Mm-hmm. So, Hopefully he's working for them in our eyes because at least she'll go back to the good guys. Maybe, well, maybe good guys. You good know, guys. We, we, yeah. don't, they, we don't know what what they want her for yet, but exactly. But uh, yeah, and and then we close the episode with uh, the Bad Batch, a really cool uh, POV scene with Hunter's helmet coming back online, and then them getting him in the ship and getting out of there. But yeah, they realized that Omega was taken, and I'm, I mean, that's it. Close the episode. Really, I mean. Well, and so, you know, to talk briefly about that last scene, because it was so kind of big, the, like you said, that POV, it almost, it reminded me a lot of Halo, Mm, Um, 
even the reticle, well, it looked like the reticle, reminded me of straight out of Halo 1, like after you get the crap beat out of you by the Covenant and you're just running and running and running to try and get your, your health shield to, to regen. It, it felt straight out of like like a Halo game. Um, but the musical undertones during the Cad Bane scene so good. were so good. It was that that quintessential Western, like, uh, I, I don't like cry. Like it, it was, it was just like that perfect Western good, the bad, the ugly. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but, um, and our oldest friend, but the, it, that Western feel to Cad Bane was the, in, throughout that entire scene, um, all the way down to the, to the, uh, to the duel. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was great. I I had to do everything in my power to avoid social media for because I was driving back from Florida to to avoid spoilers um, for that episode because it was just it was just so good. So as far as like a rating goes, I mean, it was a blast. It was, I mean, aftermath was good, like it was really good, but for the the amount of time we had for this, it was I think my favorite episode so far. Um, of just the Bad Batch, right? So yeah. Aftermath was a lot of Order 66 stuff in the beginning and whatnot. This was just like pure Bad Batch. You know, we're stuck on this ship and we're being hunted. And just the cat and mouse. And then and then obviously get the reveal at the end. So I'm, I would say it's probably like, I would give it uh, probably a 9 or like a 9.1, 9.2, something like that. Yeah, I'm there with you. I mean, I th- I think Aftermath was still my favorite just because I loved, even though we knew some of the stuff that was happening mm-hmm. during it and we have a lot of background noise and, and information around it, I, th- I still think episode one was my favorite so far. Uh, but like you said, like just pure Bad Batch, this was probably, yeah, easily the favorite um, with the reveal that we got. I know we had Rex in the episode before, uh, fan favorite, but like when you bring Cad Bane back into it and um, it's just... It, it takes it up a notch because we've seen him so many times in the Clone Wars um, already and we know what he's capable of and it's just yeah let's um let's like kick it up a notch you I know? mean he's the best bounty hunter in the galaxy at this time you know yep. with Jango Fett being gone yeah you know he is bounty hunter number one so yeah I mean you only te- you're talking about just a few years after Jango was mm-hmm. was gone so um yeah really great um, episode I would go with like that 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 like nine three nine four feels good, um, and yeah I mean we're pretty much on par I mean IMDb has it at a nine point one which mm-hmm. actually makes it the highest rated episode so far because mm-hmm. aftermath I guess dropped a little bit to a nine nine zero now um, but it is the highest rated episode um, so far and you've got um, during the episode you've got uh, I'm going to say his name a lot, but D. Bradley Baker <laughs> as the Bad Batch, Michelle Lang as Omega, uh, Corey Burton as Cad Bane, and then you've got a couple of the Elite Squad um, voices in there. Um, Bob Bergen was Lama Sue and Scrapper number two. Uh, Gwendolyn Yao was Nala Say again, which I didn't realize she spoke in that episode, but uh, she may have. Oh, she, she came in at the end. Well, That's it's right. when they're talking about the bounty bounty. Do we, yeah. do we need to hire another one? We already have the one out yeah, for, you're right. for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Noshir Dalal as Scrapper Number One and Rampart, and then uh, Seth Green as Toto Three Hundred and Sixty. I was wondering who did his voice. Yeah, fun stuff. Um, and it's cool to see how how, how many other people are in, involved in uh, Star Wars. Like Seth Green's just, I mean, he's all over the place, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's awesome. Um, but yeah, Corey Burton coming back as Cad Bane, really cool stuff. Um, he's just got a good voice mm-hmm. for it. I don't, I mean, it's great. Oh, but yeah, like I said, um, top rate episode on IMDb again. Um, we're going to move into some theories that we have going forward, right? Yes. So did you want to start that off or you want me to? You go. To, okay, I'll give, you the, I'll give you the one that I told you was a surprise. Yes, surprise so, me. Uh, we just got um, the Battle of the Bounty Hunters mm-hmm. comic. Mm-hmm. What if we get a situation it's, it's the war of the bounty the hunters. war of the bounty hunters sorry battle of the bounty hunters it is a battle in the comic it's true it is um anyway sorry but war of the bounty hunters and we recap that last episode mm-hmm. what if now this is a big what if because everything's connected what if 
Boba is also hired for the same bounty. Mm-hmm. And he catches up to Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. And it's a situation like we already have in the comics where one bounty hunter has him, the other bounty hunter steals the bounty. Hmm. And it's Boba who steals undercutting it, who steals it from Cad, Cad Bane. That would be fun. And it would give you your scene. The big standoff. That you want. Mm-hmm. The duel that the the how Boba gets his dent, because um, that's the no, I think that's the technically non-canon, or or that was the original plan for there was going to be a Clone Wars arc before it got canceled back in 2012, um, where they were going to have a standoff, and I think that's where Boba gets his his or supposedly gets his dent from is is that duel, that would be a lot of fun, um, and then you'd you'd also reintroduce the original well. Not the original donor, but basically the original clone with Boba. And then finding out that Omega herself is, I guess, in essence, his sister. In some way. Or like yeah. half. Like, I mean, they're, I don't know, they're one, all clones. One, one 260th sister, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I they're all clones. So. <laughs> right, exactly. So I, that would be fun. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. And then you'd have the Bad Batch mixed in there somewhere. So, so. would you have uh, Daniel Logan? come back and voice I would hope or, so. or would I mean, you have the original or because i don't know i don't know if he voiced boba in um in the clone wars show i can't remember who did his voice if because Dan- yeah, i can't remember if daniel logan did did his voice or if it was somebody else and i know you're looking it up right now yeah um <clears throat> so if it's not him i mean you could bring him back for uh, the original voice uh actor for continuity's sake, but given that we have, well, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have Tamora Morrison play Boba Fett, but he is because that's who Django is. Um, I just don't know that it would make sense to have Tamora Morrison play or voice voice him in the show if he was there, if he did, if he did show up. You know, I think D. Bradley Baker did him. Oh, that would make sense because he's technically yeah. a clone. <laughs> yeah, I think he did him. Yeah. Okay, so then they really don't have to reach outside if they don't want to. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, or maybe Daniel Logan did do it in the Clone Wars. If 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 Boba's in the show, like you have War of the Bounty Hunters playing out in the Bad Batch, that would that would be cool. That would be fun. That's a, that's a fun theory. Um. To. Yeah, I mean, I I I like it a lot. I'm really hoping that. Um, that's what happened because <laughs> I would love it. The the only thing, so the only thing that I would, my devil's advocate, I guess, against he is, it. He, um, Daniel Logan did Boba Fett for the Clone Wars. Okay. So they could bring him back if, if he is, if he is in the show. The only thing that I, I would wonder about is, I guess, I guess at this point, so in the Clone Wars, Cad Bane is, like Boba's mentor. He mentors him after Django's killed. Boba studies under Cad. So you would have to have kind of this immediate shift away from each other to where I, I almost feel like they sh- they should still be working together. Yeah, it's too, it's to like some too early. It's yeah. too early for him to break off. Um, but again, going back to the arc in the Clone Wars that never was, Boba is supposedly supposed to have mounted an insurrection against Cad Bane. Um, and so it wouldn't be unheard of to have it play out, to play out this way. Yeah. That would be fun. I think, I think it'd be fun. And then, uh, I don't know, did you have any other theories on that? I think the only, the other theory is just like, is he truly working for the Kaminoans or is it, mm-hmm. or is he working for somebody else? Right. I wonder if Sid, I wonder if Sid's involved with this at like in some way she's got her hand in a lot of stuff i mean she works with the huts cad works with the huts i mean what are the chances that sid actually is well aware of what's going on and is just kind of playing everybody against them against each other yeah i mean truthfully it could be because they owe him they they owe them a lot of money so in order to recoup some of the money they owe him uh she could have said you know what i'm gonna sell omega off Mm -hmm. so it could be i mean who knows? Well, and then you also don't know where 
you know, so Cat has her now. So first of all, Omega thinks Hunter is dead. Yep. Um, which I mean, uh, you know, that that can open a whole different line of theorizing as far as her and um, her development. Yeah. Um, but you know, where are they going? Are they going to go back to Camino? Are they going to some sort of meetup spot where she's supposed to be handed off? Yeah, because if she goes back to Camino, uh, the Empire is rapidly taking control there. As mm-hmm. Rampart was talking to them that episode, that we want to know more. Like he was basically saying, I need to know more about what's going on at all times during the in the facility kind mm-hmm. of thing. So um, they are quickly gaining access and control on Camino. Yeah, and there's no safety really for her. I mean, imagine Cad Bane shows up in his in Xanadu. I'm sh- I assume he's still flying around the Xanadu blood, but he shows up in his ship. Like nobody's going to notice that, and then he's going to get off the ship with this young clone. Nobody's going to notice that. Like I just don't know how he I gets he gets her in without anybody seeing it. Yeah. So there almost has to be some sort of handoff or intermediary somewhere down d- somewhere. Yeah. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, I think that closes out the theories. I think so. Yeah, we didn't have anything else going on this week. Right. Um, can't wait for the next episode, obviously. And then uh, this just takes us in. Since we have two episodes, we got two characters in our oldest friend segment. He's one of my oldest friends. All right, so episode seven um, from Battle Scars. Well, we get to revisit our favorite clone commander, Rex. Um, I think... I think he's one of the favorites. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, the favorite. I mean, Cody's cool, but Rex. I think we got to see a lot more of. I mean, Wolf's pretty awesome too. Wolf is pretty sweet. Yeah, <laughs> um, but Rex is definitely a fan favorite. Um, so just everyone knows who Clone Commander Rex is. I'm not going to go too deep dive into him, but he was uh, born 32 BBY, which is be- before the Battle of Yavin. For all those uh, people that do not know the Star Wars um, uh, canon years, everything's based on. Um, a New Hope, Battle of Yavin. Um, so he's voiced by the one and only D. Bradley Baker. Uh, he also goes by CT7567. And then uh, he was affiliated with the Galactic Republic. He was in the 501st Legion. Um, for the Rebel Alliance, he was in the Phoenix Cell, which we catch up to him in Rebels during that um, series. Uh, the Masasi group, that was the group on Yavin. Um before the Battle of Yavin, so you're talking about when Cassie and Andor uh, in Rogue One was uh, we visit the Yavin base, uh, and then he was also seen for ABY uh, on the Endor strike team, which was confirmed, um, I believe, earlier this year. They confirmed that maybe last year, within the last, last year, within like the last year. It's been kind of crazy because um, we didn't really know that he was there, and then you go back and look, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, look at that! Look at that old looking Rex that's dressed up in indoor gear. What is that? Oh, that might be him." And so, um, cool stuff. Uh, you know, he was introduced uh, originally in the Clone Wars film as one of the main characters, uh, and then his name was changed to Rex. Originally, they had him as Alpha. Um, which it would just be a little confusing, I think. So mm-hmm. they changed his name to Rex for the show, or for the movie and show, um, uh, just to give him um, a differential um, part in the movie because he was one of the main characters we followed mm-hmm. around. So um, not the best movie, but it turned out to be the original, the, yeah, original the original animated one. Yes, not yeah. not with yeah. the like Cartoon Network, not the Cartoon Network Clone Wars. Correct. Movie. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one that was released in theaters that mm-hmm. didn't do incredibly well. Yeah, that one. Um, mm-hmm. Still worth seeing. You can you watch it on Disney. You can watch it on Disney+. It Plus is on now. Disney+. Plus. Um, and then still waiting on my holiday special. Anyway. Um, we don't need that. Well, yes, we do. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, uh, that's really what we know about Rex. I mean, without going too much into detail about his time with the uh, Phoenix Cell or, um, or recapping the Clone Wars again um, and how he served under General Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And occasionally Obi Wan Kenobi, um, and then at the very end he took command of the three thirty second with mm-hmm. Sokotano um, accompanying him to uh, Mandalore during the last arc of season seven of the Clone Wars. So 
Um, that's all I got on Rex. I mean, he's one of the fan favorites. Uh, he's got a new action figure coming out. Can't wait to get that in my hands. And I'll cover that uh, along with some more figures in the toy section. But um, we'll move on to episode eight, uh, Reunion's character. Yeah, which uh, we, we already talked about him kind of at great length. Um, but that's Scott Bain. And uh, just some background on him. Uh, his uh, voice actor is uh, Corey Burton, who also in the Clone Wars voiced uh, Zero, the Hut, and Count Dooku, um, which is actually really interesting because none of them sound anything alike. So shows kind of his great, uh, his, his talent as a voice actor. Uh, as far as Cat is concerned, visually and in person, the last time we see him is nine over nine years ago now. Um, he was last seen uh, February 10th, 2012, in a Clone Wars episode called Crisis on Naboo. Um, he's seen in graffiti... Uh, in Rebels, um, but he's not physically seen. Um, he hasn't physically been seen since then. Um, as far as his design and his uh, demeanor, uh, I, I tweeted about this yesterday as as our tidbit uh, of the day, given how excited social media is about CAD. And his design is based off of uh, Lee Van Cleef's depiction of angel eyes in uh, the old Western movie, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, with Clint Eastwood. <clears throat> and uh, he, he's the bad uh, portion of, of those three. And um, his, his small-brimmed hat, although in The Clone Wars he had the broader-brimmed hat, he's been given the smaller brim uh, in this most recent depiction. Um, but even his blaster pistols, the LL-30 blaster pistols, look very reminiscent of... Um, like an old Colt Peacemaker um, revolver, which was famous amongst outlaws and lawmen. Um, and so, uh, but Cad's, uh, Cad is a Duros species? Duros, yep. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, his, his affiliations are pretty pretty deep i mean he like i said he's worked for the huts um he was hired especially or specifically by count dooku to capture or to kidnap chancellor palpatine um and that plot was i guess thwarted or or foiled by obi-wan undercover as rake rako 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 hardeen um so but uh but yeah i'm i'm really just interested to see how much cad we get i'm really hoping we get more than just a couple episodes of him, um, even beyond this season, um, it'd be fun to. Uh, I mean, I'd like to see him in Book of Boba. Um, that would be a lot of fun. That's I, I'm, a long way down for him. Well, but we don't know how old he is, or we, we I don't, mean, I guess I could look it up. We don't know his demise yet, right? And so. we, we we don't. I mean, he's not dead yet. So, <clears throat> and it, it that would just be really funny to see him. He'd be much older though, Book of Boba. I mean, you're talking. Well, and I well that's the thing. I don't know how long Duro Duros. Oh yeah, um, they could age differently than any other species. Beings, we know. beings live. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's good to see Cat again. Um, I it, it's kind of cool because I kind of called it with my string theory. Yeah, you got. Um, I mean, you got to him. I got to him just and we and technically just in a different way. Technically, it could still Fennec could still be working for Cat. True. Um, <clears throat> we don't know, and and technically Palpatine could still be the kind of over uh, the 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 uh, primary client, I guess you could say, for why he wants Omega, right? You know, because that kind of leads into the whole cloning. But why would line. Palpatine be working against his own empire that is on Camino? That would be my only question. Because he's selfish. Well, yeah, could be. <clears throat> and 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 he's not really interfering at all with the empire's plans to phase out clones he just wants a special a specific clone that he can then use potentially for his own yeah potentially theories so but that's 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 really it that's all right, really awesome all I have for cad well that, that closes out our recap and our uh character deep dive for this week so now i know you're really excited about I'm this i'm excited i'm excited about so this. Oh, i know last week you really dug into uh light of the jedi mm-hmm so why don't you tell us all about that? All right. Um, so this, I'm going to try and be it'll have some spoilers. semi-spoiler yeah. free. But it'll have some. So if you are still planning on reading the book, 
kind of um, skip through yeah, it sk- or skip a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I bought, so yeah, yeah, I got the book right before vacation cause I wanted something to read on the beach as you do. And I'm, I alluded to it before when we talked about the comics that I'm kind of a slow reader and I'm new to the, to the star Wars, um, print media. <clears throat> so light of the Jedi, uh, the first book, and I believe it's going to be a trilogy within the first wave of the High Republic, um, written by Charles Soule. It is, I'm about half, well, almost halfway through. And the first part, uh, I mean, the book so far is incredible. Um, the writing, the descriptions, I'm, I'm able to basically visualize these scenes in my head and almost play it like a movie. Um, it, it's, that, it's that well written the um, the premise or the time period is about 240-ish, or no, 220 to 230 years um, BBY. So kind of in the high, well, the High Republic, right? The golden age of the Jedi. Basically the time before um, when, when the Jedi had, could really do no wrong. They were the protectors of people. And <clears throat> the premise centers around the inner core around Coruscant unifying effectively the galaxy all the way out to the outer rim. Um, that they keep using this phrase, we are all Republic basically from Coruscant out to Tatooine and beyond into the outer rim. Everybody is part of the Republic. And so they're building this new station called Starlight Beacon, um, which will basically house a detachment. It'll be, it'll basically be Jedi council 2.0, or Jedi Temple 2.0. You'll have the the main one on Coruscant, and then this will allow um, the Jedi a place, as well as other um, uh, people, to live and 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 assist basically in the Outer Rim. Well, the the book opens with uh, with us on a ship traveling the hyperlanes in 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 the Outer Rim territory. Specifically, it's called the Legacy Run, is the ship's name, <clears throat> and um, what ends up happening is somebody's coming the other way, basically, uh, unannounced and forces the ship to maneuver, which when you maneuver a giant cruiser in a hyperspace going light speed, um, it tends to rip your ship apart. And so what ends up happening is, is this giant freighter gets torn into a bunch of different pieces. And so the first part of the book centers around what's called these emergences, and it's pieces of this ship exiting hyperspace at random places. Um, and so pieces of ships flying at light speed, running into things, not good. Um, and so the particular system that is most affected by it uh, is the Hetzel system. Um, they're known for their tremendous growing seasons. They're known for their fruits, veggies, etc. Apparently it's, it's like a planetary greenhouse. Um, and so there are multiple emergences that come out in their system flying at their planets. Um, and so it just so happens that uh, there is a, a ship or a, um, yeah, it's a cruiser called the Third Horizon, which is in the area, which happens to have a bunch of Jedi on it who have come from the Starlight Beacon uh, outpost. And you've got three or four different arcs within the first part of jumping around with, um, with Jedi and, and ordinary or, uh, military personnel attempting to help aid the inhabitants of this system, which have three, um, three planets or three, you know, two moons and a, and a planet to escape basically their utter demise. And the thing about it is that each chapter has, you know, it's got the chapter name or chapter number, tells you where you're located, and then it has a countdown to impact. So I think it starts with an hour, two, or 120 minutes, and it goes 90 minutes, and then it gets all the way down to um, six minutes in the last chapter um, before before the, the, the first part ends. <clears throat> and so... And at each point, you're you're jumping to these different characters. Um, Avar Chris, who we 
if you read the High Republic comments, comics, excuse me, you're familiar with um, characters like Loden Greatstorm, who sounds like one of the coolest Viking Jedi I've ever heard in my whole life. That's a cool name. And his and his Padawan um, Bell's Zetifer. Um, they their particular mission is to assist at this outpost where there's. Uh, marauders are actually attacking people who are trying to escape off world. Um, and so, <clears throat> uh, so you've got them, uh, you have, uh, Captain Bright and his detachment who are going to the solar array that's been hit by one of these emergencies to try and rescue the handful of people that are on there. Um, and then you've got, uh, a, a Republic long beam, uh, ship, which is, which is basically like a smaller version I guess, of, of one of the larger cruisers who is working with a team of Jedi to try and catch one of these pods because on the ship before it broke apart, the captain had the people on it because they were ferrying people go into these pods, these container pods. Well, those pods are intact with people flying at hyperspace, uh, light speed towards a planet. <clears throat> and so, so their goal is to try and stop it. Um, so they're trying to catch a baseball basically being thrown at light speed. Um, and so, so you've got all these different stories, all these different arcs with the main premise being they're trying to save as many people as they can, people they've never met, people they have no attachment to. And, you know, the Jedi are trusting in the force to do it. And you have different different Jedi tapping into the force in different ways. Um, like, uh, uh, bell calls it like an inner light. He sees it as like a light. Um, and Avar Chris has more of it. It's a, she, she hears it as a song. And, and so she knows by there being holes in the song that there's something wrong in the force. And so each Jedi taps into the force in a different manner. And so it's very, I mean, I got there was one chapter I read where I actually I actually cried or got teary eyed Um, and I've never done that reading a book Um, and so um, the the first part ends with them not just the Jedi where they are you know in the in the vicinity but Jedi from around the galaxy tapping into the force and providing their energy to push um, what turns out to be a tank of Tabana gas, which is headed towards one of the suns, which will literally obliterate the entire system if it impacts it. Um, that's the impact that it's counting down to. And they channel the, uh, the, the Jedi from all over the galaxy, basically become one to reach out through the force and push this thing traveling at light speed out of the path of the sun. And during this, during that that um, event you've got Jedi falling off cliffs to their death because they're so in tune with the force that they don't, they you have people crashing their ships because it, it's like a game of Thrones yeah. thing where if don't get attached to any characters because they could just as easily be dead at the end of the chapter. Um, but just the sacrifice, I mean, to just kind of encapsulate it. The, the first part is all about sacrifice and, um, or at least that's that's kind of the big takeaway for me. You you've got Jedi and and sort of civilians alike doing everything they can to help someone else, um, <clears throat> up to the point where they sacrifice themselves to do so, and um, as well as just the attunement that the Jedi have to the Force itself, and how powerful the Force can be. As a, as a tool for a Jedi. Um, and so I've started now into part two, which has an interlude which talks about the Nihil, um, which is basically a band of marauders and so who have no moral code. They're in it for themselves. Um, they basically will kill anybody as so long as it benefits them. Um, and the first chapter, the first chapter uh, has them, or the interlude actually has them ripping apart ships that are trying to escape one of these emergences, and basically destroying these ships, getting rid of everyone on board, and then just taking the cargo and everything like that for themselves. 
Um, so like I said, I'm about halfway through the book. Um, the the introduction to the Nihil and how they'll eventually tie into the story is going to make it... I, I suspect there's going to be a lot more action in the second, or in the second, and maybe, I don't know if there's a third part, but in the back half of the book. And um, I'm sure there will be. I mean, it sounds great so far. It's... It's a great read. It's fast. Some of the some of the chapters are a couple pages. Some are like you know five six pages. So it's a real quick read. Um, but like I said, there's no shortage of descriptions, um, and, and like you can really paint the picture uh, uh, in your head. So it's a perfect entry, first entry, I guess, into the the era that apparently we're getting three waves of this. Um, so in really the looking, movie at some point, I'm sure. Oh, that'll be great. I mean, so it's 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 a it's a lot of fun to read. Um, so if you haven't read it and you've skipped this part, um, go pick it up. Um, cause the next one comes out next week. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy stuff. Um, so that's awesome. So if you're interested in that, that's light of the Jedi by Charles soul. Um, you can find that. Uh, you just pick a retailer pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and then like you said, rising storm, Kevin Scott's rising storm comes out next week. Yep. I think, uh, uh June 29th. Yep, and then we get our next installment on the comic front also for uh, the High Republic. June 30th. June 30th. Um, and then, uh, real quick news, just because, you know, we're Star Wars fans, yeah, but we also like our other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've been missing Mark Hamill in your life, like, <laughs> you know. Like you, many of us have. You do. It happens, right? Um, he is going to be voicing Skeletor in the new He-Man. Mm-hmm. Which um, is coming to Netflix. Yeah, which I can't believe they're doing that. Kevin Smith is... Um, is running with this one and it the trailer looks great mm-hmm. i actually hadn't seen the trailer till just today and uh it's been out for what 11 days now it's, 12 been, out days. For, it's been out for almost two weeks yeah so i hadn't seen it yet and just watching it um wow it looks good it looks fantastic it, it looks good it gets you pumped up too mm-hmm. so um good music in the background going and um everyone loves some bonnie tyler yeah and uh and yeah you hear you get to hear mark hamill again doing some voice acting and mm-hmm. i mean come on voice acting for him for the villains oh he i he, mean he kills it i mean he he's the joker right yeah. um and and i know he's done their stuff uh i think he did stuff in the clone wars too um from time to time but he's just phenomenal he's so good so um yeah if you if you've been missing mark hamill in your life you can find him um soon on netflix i believe it's uh july what's it 12th is that right? 12th or 13th, yeah. Something like that um, for He-Man. So check that out. Uh, and then just to close out tonight, I mean, we'll go over some toy news. We had some releases come in last week from Hasbro. Um, we had Rex with a poncho. Cool. I mean, we needed him now because, you know, that's how he appeared in the clone or Bad Batch. I, I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it because I've been talking about Rex from the Clone Wars I mean, it's for basically so long. Clone Wars Season 8. It is. Um uh, and then uh, the new Crosshair figure comes out also. That's him in his Elite Squad um, armor instead of his Bad Batch armor. And those are both Walmart exclusives. Uh, pre-orders on those are both already sold out. Uh, Rex, I think, sold out in a minute and a half Did or something. Did you get one? I, I do have a couple coming. Four? Um, I mean, four? <laughs> a couple. Because <laughs> um, um, he is one of my favorite clones, so, I mean, had to have him. Uh, and... Uh, Crosshair, well, new armor for Crosshair, why not, right? And then they're also relaunching uh, the uh, 212th Trooper, which is Commander Cody's division. Um, he was originally in a um, like a four-pack of clones. Uh, it's not showing on my shelf right now. Uh, but he was originally in a four-pack of clones, so now you'll be able to pick him up uh, as a single-pack figure, which is awesome because, I mean... Uh, especially for army army builders, mm-hmm. I mean everybody loves their clone armies. So um, as far as Black Series goes, that's the news for the week. Um, uh, that 2012 trooper is a Walgreens exclusive. Don't ask where the link is. I can't find it. And neither can anybody else in the world. So we're still just pay- impatiently waiting for Walgreens to post the pre-order link for it um, because it'll it'll be gone shortly after. When is it that up. supposed to go live? Or when was it supposed to go live? Uh, l- last week. Oh. So they were all supposed to go all live at the same time, and Walgreens didn't put anything up, and they still haven't. So oh, it was really upsetting for the guys on the uh, 
on the pages because they're like, has anybody found the Walgreens link yet? And everyone's like, no. I wonder if their servers wouldn't be able to uh, wouldn't be able to handle. The I mean, traffic. they've done they've done other um, pre-orders for that online for Black Series before or um, Funko Pops and stuff like that. As big so. as this? Well, I mean, uh, that's tough. That's tough to say. I would say that this is probably the biggest. They did two. They did a clone lieutenant before, so mm. I mean, it's. I mean, it's and they look like just the blue clone lieutenant or the or the green one. Yeah, um, the, I think he's got blue on him. Okay, he's over there in the far left next to the clone wars figures. It's because they're the the attack of the clones. Oh, gotcha. So forces. So, um, but those were also repacks from the um, the original two uh, blue and orange line figures. So they were already there. At least one of them was. The other one came out of the four pack also. So, and I figure we'll get the rest of those as we get more of the new art boxes that are coming out, which I just need more shelves for still. Uh, and then other news, just personally, I got my first signed Star Wars pop the other day. Oh, cool. Super excited about that. I got a Jeremy Bullock signed uh, Boba Fett pop. Um, it, like, it was missing from the collection. I've got a figure signed by him. I've got a helmet signed by him. I needed a pop. Uh, the only Did you other... get a good deal on it? Well, I won it in an auction, so you just <laughs> you can determine whether or not it was a good deal or not. No, I thought it was a good deal, and it's from a local st- uh, toy store, and uh, uh, I know the owner really well, and he's really great. I mean, Toys of Our Youth in St. Charles, Missouri. Mm-hmm. If you ever had a chance to go out there, I mean, he's got a little bit of everything in the store, uh, some a lot of vintage stuff, but also um, a lot of modern stuff, and he's got uh, really fair prices on stuff. He doesn't he doesn't kill you on he doesn't kill the wallet mm-hmm. if he if he doesn't have to um obviously some 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 of the stuff just depends on how much he has to get get it for sure so but yeah no um great store and a great guy out there um but yeah I'm it, super lo- it looks good up on the top of your shelf yeah i know i gotta find i mean i can't really i can see the signature yeah i gotta move it somewhere where i can get it but like the problem is that glass case has got other figures um that bo- that sign boba and, fed helmet looks awesome it does look good yeah i mean that's a good one so i have yeah. to take a picture of it and, and yeah, post, post, it, on post it on the socials yeah but yeah so that's my first star wars um pop uh signature i've got some uh, action figures and stuff like that signed and um, some uh, artwork and mm-hmm. um but never a pop first pop yeah i got i have my my signed pop i have is uh the un or the obi-wan kenobi one signed by ewan mcgregor yeah it goes nicely with my signed pretty awesome lightsaber yeah keep bragging okay uh anyway so uh but i think that uh wraps us up mm-hmm. for the night mm-hmm. again follow us on um twitter at the force dyad pod no just at, at force, force dyad pod. pod not the there's just force dyad pod and then on ig and facebook at force diet podcast there it is yep and uh and each each of those has the link tree to all of our uh where you can listen to our where you can listen to the episodes again you're already listening to it i suppose so yeah and we'll work on getting them out faster for uh those of you on apple pod um, yeah, we're gonna try it seems like there it's seems taken a, about a week to get on there there seems to be and and i just noticed today that they've they've classified seasons like season one is episode two three and four and for some reason the last episode was classified as an un unnumbered season so it's actually not being put into the list so if you follow it through the web page it shows it but if you're going through the apple podcast on your phone you have to click other episodes to find it so so maybe i recategorize that somehow through yeah Rachel. i don't know how that works out. yeah anyways um the only other thing i wanted to add and we're going to put this on our link tree is there's a there's a panel there's a virtual panel um two things one's there's a virtual panel on monday june 28th uh with all the or yeah i think all the high republic authors there's Kevin Scott will be there. Uh, Kevin Scott will be there. Charles Soule, Claudia Gray. Um, you can submit questions uh, to, to the panel. Uh, it's 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, there'll be a link, again, on the Twitter page, Instagram page, and, and Facebook page. And then second, there is an, um, a virtual anime expo, uh, AX, uh, June 3rd and 4th. Um, it's a $5. Um, July. Or, sorry, July, July 3rd and 4th. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's a donate it goes to a charity. It's a charity, uh, $5. Um, but, uh, they are going to be showing a sneak peek of visions, 
um, there. And if you can't catch it the third and fourth, you get uh, replay up through July 15th. Um, so if you're interested in catching a sneak peek of Visions, um, we'll put the link uh, to, to the uh, AX um, virtual event mm-hmm. uh, on our on our on our socials. So yeah, well, I, that definitely wraps that wraps then. it up. So until next time, guys, may the force be with you. <laughs>